Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is October 8th, 2022. My name is Eric Peterson. Joining me today, Mr. Dan Curtis. I knew you were going to go for an extra long one. Hello, good woman. Nice ah, to see you. I had to go for the extra long one. Yeah, the extra long one. <laughs> the extra long one. Every time you've got a choice between... One does, one does enjoy an extra long one every now and again, I must say. <laughs> you start at one end, and you've got quite a bit of time before you walk your way to the other one. Mm, oh, you're going to need four hands at least for this one, good sir. <laughs> mm, care to join me? It got weird. Hi, Eric. Nice to see you. Hi. I don't think I've physically seen you in a while. I think it's been a good couple of months since we last did a show. Sorry. Yes, it's been a time. A time. It's been my fault. Well, actually... It's been- I, th- I think it's been everybody's fault, to be honest. It's yeah, been, you- you've been available, I haven't been available, Tom... Who Not being of it. Tom, <laughs> Tom being Tom. <laughs> that guy's like a he's like a, a a literal fart in the wind. You just never know which way he's gonna go. I know, right? <laughs> he could just show up and you're like, that's oh. It's a wild Tom. <laughs> a wild Tom appears. He's he's essentially a shiny Pokemon. <laughs> At this point, he is. I think about that that uh, video from the early 2000s where this boy had hooked up like 10 uh, Game Boy Advance SPs and he's just going through and he finally gets the shiny Ponita and loses his damn mind when it shows up. <laughs> That's how we feel when Tom shows up to the show. <laughs> Still haven't managed to catch him yet, though. No, no, you can't catch Tom. Can't catch Tom. Have you met him? You can't catch that guy. He operates many different attacks, including cream bap, where he just (laughs) splats cream bap, hits you you in the face. It's like he takes, I'm going to use your term, squirty cream, puts it in his hand, (laughs) bitch slaps you. (laughs) He's got a squeaky chair where it just causes confusion because you don't know where it's coming from. It's like Chinese water torture. (laughs) <laughs> and then you've but the, got uh, Tom's apartment alarm system, which of course causes uh, paralysis. Yeah, but then his, I think his uh, limit break, his ultimate move would be extreme edge. Extreme edge, yeah, of course. Not um, slightly down in the scale, but not quite that down that far. Like the um, salt, salt cellar curling. <laughs> <laughs> just gets sent down a really long table, just thwacks you in the face. Very, very slowly and politely, mind you. Yes. Should just I be, gets to the gets to the end, stops and thinks about that. Just go, like, should I be insulted or aroused? Possibly both. Possibly both. That'd be a weird fetish. Yeah, that makes. I, I think somebody did what it might be Phil Godside where he's making the factory sealed cards. We had evolutions for us all. Oh God! I we need to get we need to get those done and mass printed. I know, right? Uh, if you aren't familiar with these, uh, Phil Gardside is a member of the Factory Seal community. He's a very, very talented artist, and uh, quite a while ago now, he's obviously life and other stuff, and he just did it as a, a random thing. Just started making like trading cards to do with Factory Seals, and some of them are absolutely hilarious. They're so funny. 
Like, there's one of me, like, which is my ultimate evolution called the saviour or something. It's just me in front of, like, a stained glass window <laughs> hovering in the air. It's brilliant. <laughs> Get that finished and I'll make it into an actual stained glass window. Oh, that would be so good. I tell you what, Crystal loves a stained glass window as well. We could have one at the house. Oh, that'd be awesome. Speaking of, she seems like quite the decorator. You, on the other hand, do not. That tiny frame taking up that entire wall behind you. Yeah, I know. We, we're waiting until we get lots of things from the photography business and we're going to pimp out this wall with them, you see. So. Is that room still an absolute landmine? No, no, it's been tidied up now. Ooh. Did they just go? I told you about it. No, you uh, Listen. Did. Listen. Did we got we got like a, a huge lion sticker on this wall oh, in front of me, which you right. can't see. That's right. What? That's right. Where is it? There it is. Oh, hello, Mister Lion. Oh, hello, Tootle Pippi. Either that room is so very, very, room, very small. It is very small room. Okay. Is it like a closet? It technically counts as a third bedroom. Could you fit a bed in there? A small one. King size would take up the whole thing. Like literally a single bed. Ooh. Ooh. What have you been up to, Dan? Tell me where you've been. What are you doing? How's life? What's going on? Tell me everything. Uh, well, I've just been on holiday to the Isle of Skye up in Scotland. I was going to say, isn't that uh, part of the Elder Scrolls series? Yeah, that's where I went. Okay. Just did some dungeon raiding. Yeah. Reached the end of every dungeon, got some shit loot. Repeated. Worth it. It was good, though, because I went, it was actually kind of more like Oblivion, so I just jumped everywhere. It did. And I got loads of acrobatic well, no, points. No, your pictures made it look way, way, way more either like Morrowind or like a summery Skyrim. Oblivion is very bright and tropical. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I was just going for the acrobatic thing, you know, because I missed that on Skyrim. Yes. I don't know why they took that out. Because people could abuse it, and two hours into the game, you could be jumping over buildings. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think you ever got any better at jumping. I think it just improved your stamina and stuff. Yeah. You're probably right. Um. Yeah, so I, I went on holiday. It was nice. I, I haven't actually been on holiday since COVID, I think. Yeah, you have. So, I haven't. You have not left the Het Coxo region in two years. No, I, I, I have. But like, I haven't had like a proper holiday, like a few days away, kind of. So, so we we kind of went mainly for because uh, Isla Sky is meant to be beautiful anyway. But with the photography business and stuff now, kind of it's amazing for photography. Like, so good. So I will admit. Took that of photos. Uh, Dan Curtis, master of the blurry photo, seems to have finally figured out the focus. Thank you. It took a lot of time. You may have upgraded to the one out of five stars. Yeah, I mean, I I, I looked I looked back at some of my old Australia photos and I was like, yep, yeah, they're are, terrible. These are pretty bad. It's, I, I I hate them now. It's like kind of when you're doing photography and you look back at your old stuff and you're like, where you've been, cause I've been to some really cool places on holiday and stuff. I'm like, why didn't I have my camera then? <laughs> cause I would have had so many good photos. Yeah. Well, now, you know, 
I can just go back to them. See, it gives you another reason to go back to Australia. Yeah. Got to save the pennies first, though. Psh, pish posh. Can always make more. I don't know, like, how things are going at the moment. Ugh. I don't know. If you guys see it over there, like the cost of living and stuff, it's just ridiculous oh, it's stupid. At the I'm so happy that we moved back to Wisconsin simply because it's cheaper here, but it's still super expensive. It's just little things like going to the supermarket and buying your weekly shop. Like ours has gone up by like ten pounds every time. It's like oh, ours has gone up even, even way more like that than is, that. I can imagine you do. You've got four people and a cat in your family, so yeah. Well, you know, just feed the cat the scraps and. Kids don't eat much. Enjoy this dust from under my toenails. <laughs> Scrape your plate onto the floor, Ratchet will eat it. Yeah, but uh, other than that, it's just mainly photography things have been keeping us busy. Um, Still playing 24 hours of video games a day? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, uh, you know what? I actually started because uh, there's been a bit of kind of a resurgence around it cyberpunk 2077 yeah see i don't want to get back into that i just i'm already juggling enough as it is and i feel yeah right now but i i've kind of when i got back from holiday i've kind of before i went on holiday i was kind of playing a few different games i was like i don't really want to commit to these i I started ghost of tsushima again on ps5 because it's got an upgrade and the uh ps plus premium version comes with the expansion pack oh the DLC. So I started that and I was kind of like, ah, I like it, but it's all, I still remember it a lot. Uh, I played through Final Fantasy VIII again. Did you beat it? Uh, I got up to Ultimisia at the moment. Dan, that's literally the end of the game. I know, but I can, that bit is like, I remember having a save right there and just playing that bit over and over again. So I'm like, I'm basically done now. That's the one part of the game that I have the least concrete recollection of just because it's it's so far into the game and it's i feel like with those final fantasy games i'll always start them and get up to a certain point Mm -hmm. and then just kind of like taper off and you know for me with like final fantasy 7 it's the the rocket town area where i get to that and then things after that like sort of start to get hazy and then Mm -hmm. with um what's the bit right before you you get to ultimisia um the time compression in the Lunatic Pandora. That's it. So that's the part where things start to get a little hazy with that. And then nine is like where when you get to the rainy city of, I think it's Trainor or something like that. That's where things get fuzzy. for Clara. Clara? No. Oh, what's it called? I think it's Bermesia. Bermesia. Bermesia? Uh, the rainy city is Bermesia where Freya's from. You're thinking yeah, of Trenor, yeah, yeah. Which is the Twilight City. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> oh, whatever. You should know this. You should know this. Um, yeah, but I, I, you know what? I, I know you absolutely love Final Fantasy VIII, and so do I. Don't get me wrong. But when you play through it, like there's a certain point around the time when you get to Esther where the story just goes completely off the rails. It does, yes. And but it's, it's like, great. One, one minute they're in Esther talking to this, this guy who just says, oh, you want to go see alone? And next thing you know, you're strapped in a rocket going to the bloody moon. Nobody yeah. tells you anything about it. No. You just go. <laughs> no, you just got to do it. Don't ask questions. Just do. That's part of being a seed. And then, I, you know, you see, I know it is seed, right? But because of the way it's it's yeah. done in game, I have always called it CD. So have I. Because it's S-E-E with a capital D. 
mean, why is it that if it doesn't need to be differentiated? I, great question. But I think it it is definitely seed. I looked it up. It's in the law and stuff. But oh, dumb. Because there's one bit where um when Cipher's interrogating Squall and he goes, um, "What is the mission of seed?" and he goes to sow flowers all over the world. Oh my god, no. And also, like, I I remembered Squall's development in Final Fantasy VIII being a lot better than it was originally, but, like, he kind of spends most of the game being an asshole, and then about, again, about the time he gets to Esther, just suddenly goes, oh no, I love her. Yeah. Everything's fine. Sugar and rainbows. Listen, it sounds an awful lot like you're, uh, coming down pretty hard on my my beloved final fantasy 8 no 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 like i i still love it i really do but i can see why some people think the story is a shortcoming i really can i can't but the final fight against ultimacia is flipping awesome and the end of that you know game what? is so I, good. I actually did i did the final fight against ultimacia the other day and i got to a final form and she was about to die, and then she cast a hell judgment, Hell's Judgment on me, which takes everybody down to 1 HP, then immediately casted Ultima afterwards as well. Ugh. Fucked. And I don't know if you remember, in Ultimacia's Castle, you can't save the game unless you beat one of the bosses and select, because you have to unlock your different abilities again. Yep. So I just decided to be cocky, and I was like, you know what? I'm level 100. Squall knows Lionheart. I shouldn't have any bother here. I'm just so I going to do it. I did about six of the bosses, got to Ultimacia, and I was like, can't be bothered to go back down the bottom and save the game. I'll just get, I'll just plow through this. Nope. Died. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait on that for a bit. Yeah. One well, of my biggest gripes with uh, Final Fantasy VIII as well is when you get to disc four, pretty much everything is locked off. Yeah, that was been, that was one of my biggest gripes about the game though is that you just don't it doesn't really feel like you have free reign of the world at all times and even when you do mm. it's kind of empty yeah it, it is actually like i mean the snow the snow continent up the top has about two places so you get trabia garden which is destroyed anyway and then the shumi village yeah and there's a whole another continent to the side which has chocobo's forest in and nothing else isn't that your favorite thing in the whole world that's final fantasy nine's chocobo game the less said about Final Fantasy VIII's Chocobo game, the better, because you have to ring a stupid whistle, and if you do it in the wrong place, your whistle gets twocked, and then you have to buy a new one off the boy in the forest. You need to, like, start storing useful things in your brain. <laughs> I, Eric, I've literally just played the game. I know that happens. You need to store useful things. Nah. In your brain. Nah. You know? I got this far with useless things. Just a thought. Just a thought. What are these thoughts of which you speak? I don't know. Anyway, so I I have sounded like I've shot on Final Fantasy VIII, but I did really enjoy it. And you know what? It's such a different game from Final Fantasy VII. And even now, obviously, I've played the remastered version for the first time, which obviously makes everything look a bit better, and Squall really is the most handsome guy in the room. But it's... It still holds up. Like, even when that came out on PS1, that game looked it phenomenal. Was. The opening cutscene? Oh. I mean, the cutscene as well with the landing and stuff, and then the battle of the garden and things like that. Oh, incredible. The music. Oh, it's great. But at the risk of fulfilling a prophecy of all we ever talk about is Final Fantasy and Zelda. Mm-hmm. 
We should probably talk about something that's not Final Fantasy. Could it be Zelda? Damn it. I didn't think this one through. <laughs> well, they did just announce that uh, Breath of the Mints 2 is coming next March. It's called Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the No, King- it's Tears. King King Kingdom? Tears of the Kingdom? Because Tears the- of the that's that's my prediction for the twist. Okay, everybody thinks it's going to be Tears of the Kingdom, but something's going to happen where the land gets ripped in half or like actual fissures start to show up in the land like tears and they're going <laughs> to gotcha. Well, Nintendo also came out and said it's tears, so damn it. I don't think this one through. Parade. But if you do watch the trailers and stuff, it does look like there are big tears and fishes in the kingdom. You are correct. Speaking of trailers, Mario movie. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know what? Like, I'm not big on Illuminations films. I think they're okay. Like, the Minions, can't be bothered with them, to be honest. But they know but, like, how to tell a good story. Yeah, but I, I, I thought when they partnered with Nintendo for Mario, I think... I, th- I thought it would be a good fit. It just, it looks so well done. Yeah, that, I mean, there is so much negativity out there about Chris Pratt being cast as Mario, but look at it objectively, right? Charles Martinet, who has mar- voiced Mario for like the past 20 years or so, seen various different things, including Is Me Mario, and Wahoo, and that's pretty much it. Yippee. Uh, Yippee. Don't what? forget about Yippee. Yippee. Yep. And that as well. Uh, imagine listening to that for two hours straight. I couldn't do it. And also, Chris Pratt is a much bigger star than Charles Martin is to the casual audience who don't play the video games. So I feel like they, he's fallen uh, into that category of, of people that is getting hate just because other people have been giving him hate. So people like to pile on the let's hate on him bandwagon. And at, yeah. at the risk of treading too carefully to a uh, line we shouldn't really discuss. Who cares? Literally, yeah. like, it's it's fine. It, he's it, It's going to be fine, people. And what about if he sounds like Chris Pratt at the start and he develops the Mario voice over the course of the no, film? No, because then he will be labeled... Yeah, I'm not it might be done. Yeah. It might be done for plot reasons. I'm thinking because if you watch that trailer, it looks like he's landed in the Mushroom Kingdom. It doesn't look like he knows where he is. Yeah, but he's always been Italian. I don't think the Mushroom Kingdom is a is is an Italian land. He might have to. He might have to put a voice on for some reason. You see, there are so many ways he could make it work. You could. I think Bowser's going to steal the show. I think he's. Gonna oh, be- I mean, Jack Jack Black as Bowser is just inspired casting. Like yeah. he will absolute like when jack black can be over the top and ridiculous that is jack black as his best yep. like brutal legend again to go back to brutal legend like as much as we didn't like it like jack black as that character was perfect yeah i i i think that he personifies bowser truly as well like overly confident ridiculous cannot see that he is anything other than the best and mm-hmm. It's just that opening scene with the the penguins, um, just awesome. I think if that sets the tone and tenor for the rest of the movie, it's going to be really good. 
I think people just need to rein their expectations in a bit. It's, obviously, it's a, it's a Mario film. There's a lot of hype behind it, but like we've seen Chris Pratt deliver what two lines? Yeah, and that's all people are focusing on. Like I laughed, I really laughed at those pe- the bit with the penguins at the start. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Well, and then everybody's all up in arms because they uh, got rid of his voluptuous rear end. Did they? Oh yeah, he's got kind of a pancake ass. Apparently there's been a leaked picture of Princess Peach as well, and she looks a bit like a Disney princess. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm jacked for it. I think it's going to be awesome. I do too. So the, the trailer that I watched said coming soon originally, but now says March. The, is it March the 10th next year? Yeah. Mario, dear? Yeah. Oh, I don't think it's March 10th. That would be dumb. Um, but let me see. Oh. Mario movie. It would be dumb because it's it's Mario Day. April 7th. Oh, well, they should have done on March 10th. <laughs> do you even do marketing, Nintendo? I suppose, that, I suppose I could get behind Mario Day over Revenge of the Sith or whatever day it is. Revengeance of the 7th. Yes. So... Just to jump back a second, um, I got completely sidetracked talking about Final Fantasy, of course. Okay. Uh, I saw Cyberpunk 2077. I bought that game pretty soon after it came out. I I was going to buy it straight away, and then the reviews came out, and I went, you know what? I shall wait. And I did wait about two months, and then I bought it. I tried it. I was like, yep, that's janky. Stop playing it. Uh, And then I... There's been a kind of a bit of hype around it lately because the Edge Runners series came out, uh, which is an anime based on cyberpunk. I haven't seen it, but uh, I was like, I have, I've got a bit of a lull at the moment. I want something to play, so I booted up cyberpunk again. And you know what, Eric? I'm actually really enjoying it. It's really good. I Yeah, I really enjoyed what I played from it, but you're right. It was so janky at the time, and I even took the time to install it on my base model PS4. Mm. Hoo boy. It was but rough. The PS4 is not equipped to handle that game because there's so much going on at once, like all right. the different characters interacting with each other and the, the density of the world and things. I don't even know how they ever thought that was going to happen. Well, I imagine it's a case of shareholders in the company said, oh, we need to put it on this platform right. and it needs to come out now, whereas Cyberpunk's developer CD Projekt Red probably wanted to release it in 2022 like it probably should have been. Yeah. I'm glad to see it's getting a little bit of a resurgence. I really like CD Projekt Red, and I think that they were a little uh, ambitious in their timeline for this, but I'm glad to see they're still supporting it, and it's finally getting the attention that it rightfully deserves. It's a great game. Did you notice they also announced it's getting a sequel? No. I have been very disconnected from a lot of the gaming world lately. Have you? Uh, Yes, so basically they had a kind of like, one of those financial talks or something where they announced loads of things and they basically said, I think there's three new games coming in the Witcher series, so a full want to kick off a new um, RPG trilogy series and then a multiplayer project and something else, which is a spin-off, and then also a cyberpunk sequel has been worked on. Damn. I could go for some more Witcher. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I liked the Witcher as much as everybody else did, but I liked it. Well, Witcher 1 and 2, like, 1 is really rough. 2 is what got me into it because it was very, uh, it was a lot more realistic in its combat. And then 3 took it more towards your open world Elder Scrolls Styles mm. game. But I think it'd be great if they rebooted the franchise. 
or did yeah. remakes of one and two. I don't think it'll be about Geralt. I think it'll be somebody else, maybe. Mm, yeah, it would almost have to be. They've kind of run their course. I, th- I think probably the other biggest story lately has been the inevitable death of Stadia. Oh. oh. I think you could go back and see that we called this. Yeah, I, I mean, I think when this first came out, I think we discussed it at length, saying how long has this got? And talk about talk about an absolute shit show of how to manage a gaming platform, man. Like from day one, it was terrible. Well, okay, we know that Google has a a track record of launching things and then just letting them die. So we all knew that this was just going to be another one of those self-serving projects. And again, not to retread a whole bunch of ground, but I think it was great for kind of establishing a proof of concept and saying, okay, this can work because I bought a Stadia. Actually, I bought two of them. Um, and it wasn't terrible when compared to Project X Cloud, which is, I think, still being developed by Xbox. Stadia was better. The um, the the controller itself, I think, is one of the most con- comfortable controllers that I've ever played a game with. The streaming was obviously the the graphics weren't going to be as crisp, but the response times were perfect. I played a couple hours of. Saints Row 4 on it, and I could play through this whole thing, you know, despite there being a little bit of graphical jank. It was good. I just think that they really dropped the ball in how they were going to market. They were making it too expensive. Um, They did not have nearly enough games at launch, and it just... As soon as they launched it, it seems like they went, okay, this is out, next project. And then just yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, launch half baked to start with. Like they promised loads of different things at launch, which aren't weren't there. So that immediately turned loads of people off at the start. And then they promised like exclusive games and things like that. And then, but when the game library came out, it was basically games that everybody had already played on different platforms. Yeah, and nobody and wants to there, pay full price for those. It's just gone steadily more and more downhill until the point where we've where it has died. Died. But they're going to be refunding everybody. That is how much money Google has. They don't give a shit. Could you imagine from a business perspective making a product that's so bad, so universally panned, that you feel obligated to go, yeah, that was crap. Here's all your money back. I don't think that's necessarily Google admitting that. I think it's more a case of Google having so much money that it's like, yeah, we'll just set this aside and then give it to all them people and then they'll shut up. I'll forget it ever happened. Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely was shit. So I hope I've, people start... I've never tried it personally, but like from day one, the way they handled it was shocking. Have you played project x cloud at all have you tried any of the streaming stuff or on playstation now no i think i think we're still quite a number of years away from that being a a reliable method for the gaming market and i think how fast and how hard stadia failed could potentially push that whole transition to a streaming future by a few years I mean, there's still something to be said for actual 
owning physical media because we we again treading old ground we say this time and time again like you could you could buy a license for a game on a digital storefront but at some point they could just go right you don't own that anymore just take it off you oh yeah absolutely and they have been doing that um what was the what was the square enix game that just failed not square enix there's a game that failed so miserably that gamestop was just giving it away oh it was square enix it was babylon's babylon's fall i believe right so they're just eliminating that from all storefronts so it's like games are just disappearing and i get it i i think that we are eventually going to be going to a full digital future i just don't think it's going to be streaming future for quite a while yet yeah you know another thing i wanted to talk about right briefly so uh i a few years back i haven't played for a long time now but i got into a bit of an obsession with overwatch i don't know if you've ever played it or not yeah i played it a little bit with jess a few several years ago right so anyway but i got a bit obsessed with it uh so what happened was it last week so they've turned off overwatch one completely again so that's gone now and turned on overwatch two and to be honest it's exactly the same game didn't they require you to have a phone number to sign up for the game and to log in via that way because it's an always on service but they required a phone number so they were basically penalizing i didn't see that i think that might have been taken away because i didn't have to sign up with one i think it was very very early let me check yeah so it's i mean i i assume it's got some new stuff but it's got the same maps the same people the same it just looks a bit shinier it's kind of they did it's not a it's not a new game it's it's kind of a new game but like i think more overwatch 1.5 might have been a more accurate name than two Hmm. I mean, there'll be other, other people, there'll probably be people screaming at me now through their uh, various listening devices going, Dan, you're talking shite, I love Overwatch, it's completely different, but I played a few matches and I'm like, this is the same game. You know what comes out in just over a month? God of War? You know what else comes out in just over a month? Pokemon Scarlet? You know what else else comes out? <laughs> Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, and Warzone 2.0. Yes. Yes. Played the Modern <laughs> Warfare 2 beta. Uh, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Like, Modern Warfare was my last, the last COD that I really enjoyed. It is such a clean game. Um, they've made some fantastic improvements to the multiplayer. It, it feels like it's going a little bit back towards the roots of Call of Duty, where it's, I don't want to say more realistic, but... It, it's easier to kill, quicker to die, a um, lot more fun. But Warzone 2, uh, just some of the leaks that have been coming out about that, it's going to be fantastic. So Yeah, I, c- I can imagine it'll be really good. There's still some good games coming out this year. And there's a 2023 ton. as well. 2023 is going to be great. I'm, I'm personally, like upcoming games, my next biggest one is Plague Tale. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I played uh, the first one not that long ago, actually. I really enjoyed it. I played through the entire like four-hour, five-hour demo of Harvestella. Day one purchase. Oh, yeah. Absolute day one purchase for me. Do you think I would like it? Do you enjoy Harvest Moon games in any way, shape, or form? I've never played one. Hmm. 
So I think you. So here's the here's the premise of it. You are a mysterious individual who. Well, I am usually yes. Stumbles upon a village during the time of quietus, and that's a. It's in the evening, um, or it's a particular time between the seasons where something with a crystal in the sky happens. I don't really fully understand it, uh, but you're given a house and a plot of land. And you have to help them unravel this mystery of this crystal shard that falls from the sky in this this religious cult organization that's sort of taking over. And you go out around this world map and it's like live action combat, but you're collecting items, materials, resources, and you can go back and grow stuff on your farm. You can manage plants, you can go uh, manage animals, you can go fishing um, so it really blends action RPG with Harvest Moon style stuff really, really well. Download the demo and play it. Um, I really enjoyed it. Is it on Switch or PS5? It's only Switch. Okay. Hmm. I might give it a go, good sir. Yeah, I'm always reluctant to tell people to get stuff like that because Harvest Moon style games or Stardew Valley are very niche and they're not for everybody. But I think that this one is going to be... Uh, I, think I like moon I like moonlighter so it could it could go either way. Yeah. Yeah, instead of managing a, a shop you're managing, managing a farm. A, yeah, managing a farm you can And as as proved by Power Wash Simulator I do like a mundane task. You do. Mm. Yes, you do. I also alongside Tom uh started playing Rogue Galaxy again. Oh, don't don't talk to me about Rogue Galaxy. I'm going to want to play it. I'm like 8 hours in. And hopelessly hooked again. It's such a good game. How did that never get a sequel, man? How did it not get a genuine remaster or a re-release? There's so many fantastic Japanese RPGs locked away on the PS2. Mm. Dark Cloud. Dark Cloud 1, Dark Cloud 2, Rogue Galaxy, I think, are, are three of the best on that on that platform. But Rogue Galaxy was... I think that game was was really kind of lost in the shuffle because it was one of the last great RPGs released on the PS2 and kind of a swan song to that console. And it, it truly harnesses every bit of power that that console has. You can almost hear um, Santos Lopez screaming at us about the dot .hack games being lost to time. <laughs> Those should just be lost. Yeah, I... Yeah, I I loved Rogue Galaxy. You know, it's one of them games I can't remember a whole lot about, but I really enjoyed it. The PS4 uh, re-release or, or upmaster, I guess, does not look good on the PS5. Really? There are very clear vertical lines that run through the whole thing during certain aspects of it, and it just doesn't... It's really jarring. Uh, but I don't want to pull out my PS2 and hook that up and play through. I mean, it's just, it's a subtle little complaint about it, but the game is so insanely depth. I'm going to try to play a little bit of the Insectron League this time around. I never have touched that in any of my previous times playing it, but it's essentially an entire Pokemon game crammed into an already 80 hour RPG. Oh God, I forgot about that. And then this one has the factory in it, right? Yes. Yeah, that's insanely complex where you can... I couldn't figure that out. Where you can smith new weapons and items. Yes. And then you have the weapon synthing. Um, and you have to you have to make like a machine, don't you, in the factory? 
and time things just perfectly. Like you'll have some stuff that's on a conveyor belt and then it goes through like a forge or um, a cleaning place. And then each. Yeah, it is so complicated. I remember. It's really cool. It's a huge puzzle game crammed in there. So I'm just, um, I'm having a gander at what's coming up, like, later this year still. And so we've got Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope on the Switch, which should be pretty good. The first one is a really unexpectedly good game. Um, What else we got? We got Gotham Knights. You got any interest in Gotham Knights? Nope. Didn't think so. I do. I think it looks pretty good. Um, What else we got? God of War Ragnarok is coming up soon. Yeah, that's after this. Star Ocean, new Star Ocean. See, I am so on the fence about that. The Star Ocean series has just taken an absolute shit in its pants over the past few mm. years. And I want to get into it because I'm I'm hot off the heels of First Departure and, and Second Evolution. But I just, I don't know. Uh, Bayonetta 3 comes out on October the 28th. Would you believe me if I said that I've never played Bayonetta? Really? Never once. Well, that's interesting, because what the first one would definitely be eligible for the show now, I would have thought. Is it scary? No. <laughs> okay. 2009. Damn. Oh, can we play Bayonetta? It's really good. <laughs> no, we're going to play Doom 3. Okay. You know, hold on real quick. I'm looking at something here. It came out August 16th. I just want to make a quick statement on it. I played the demo of Roller Roller Drome. Really cool game. Yeah, it got loads of really good reviews. Really cool game. I imagine it's one I would play and fall off pretty quickly, though. Very, yeah. Oh, Harvestella's out on November the 4th. Yep, not too far out. Uh, Sonic Sonic Frontiers. I want to talk to you about that, actually. Okay. Have you been keeping up with this? I watched their last trailer that they released a few weeks ago, and that was it. Now, when it first got announced, and it was kind of, it looked like Breath of the Wild meets Sonic and didn't look particularly brilliant, I didn't think it looked that good. But the more they've shown of it, and the more kind of you see how it comes together, I think it looks pretty good. I think, well, obviously I have to get it. My daughter has gone all in on Sonic. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I fully expect it to be full of junk and probably not up to scratch, but I think it'll be scrappy but lovable. Yeah. There's an actually November 11th, Tactics Ogre Reborn. I cannot I wait. I, Ogre. I love that game. I love Tactics Ogre. When is God of War? Uh, November the 9th. Is it? Oh, God. Yes. We're barely a month away from that. I know, right? I still haven't pre-ordered it. Then Pokemon Scarlet. Yep, that'll be a good Violet. one. December is kind of light. Pokemon, I'm really looking forward to that. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion, December 13th. We're going to end the year with a bang. Oh, man. I've just played it as well. We, we just played it for the show. I know, but it's like the same game. <laughs> you know you're going to buy it. I know, but I should have waited. Actually, put it on the old Christmas list. Yeah, I know, but I don't know if I want to play it again just yet because I really got invested in that and put a lot of time into it. Remember, you I did. Got, you I did. did all the missions, and you got all the secret weapons. I got all the secret weapons and everything. So it's nice and shiny and new as it is. It is essentially a remaster of the same game. So 
before we talk about our game of the week, can we talk about a game that recently came out that I am very reluctant to admit it's not good? No, you can't. Oh, okay. Well, then our game of the... (laughs) Jerk. (laughs) What are you on about? Saints Row. Oh, yeah. I went through so many emotions with this game. I kind of... I got it. Started playing it. I thought, well, this is mediocre. And then I went a bit further and I was like, yeah, this is all right. And then I got a bit further and I was like, nah, shit. See, I went through the exact same thing. I was super pumped up about it because... It's been a while since a Saints Row game, and you and I have had so much fun with those games over the years. And just watching the evolution of that franchise, the the first trailer that they released with, of it looked fun. It looked refreshing, and they really kind of doubled down on the "Hey, we're rebooting the franchise. We're going to stand by what we're doing." And they they stood up to all the hate. Like I can get behind that. They probably know what they're doing. I trust them. And the first five minutes of the game, I remember thinking to myself. This game sucks. Like, it is not good. The animation was janky. The The voice acting was terrible. The cinematic sequences looked like they were done by uh, a, a college course learning how to design games. It just was not fluid. And then you go through these moments where, like, you get this glimmer of, oh, there's Saints Row, and then it quickly fades. And then, like okay, well, here's the big open world and here's some goofy vehicles. Oh, I can make a hot rod out of cardboard. Okay, this is kind of neat. And then they introduce this Dungeons and Dragons style thing. Little silly. And then you just finally kind of come to that realization of I'm just not having fun. So you and I then were talking about it and we booted up Saints Row 4 and went, oh, okay, that new game really sucks. So we kind of, if we we bought we all bought Central with the idea that we would play a multiplayer together because it's kind of some of our fondest memories of our friendship in the early years were of playing Central Three and just having a ridiculous time. And we boot eventually we got round to with our crazy schedules playing the new Central and me and him played it for about forty five minutes and within about fifteen I was like, you know what, I'm going to download Central Four at the same <laughs> time, and then. We were having, we had a bit of a laugh on the original Saints Row, but I, I kid you not, when we booted up Saints Row 4 and we made the most ridiculous characters ever oh. and just the sheer hilarity of that game and the ridiculous powers and stuff, we cried tears of mirth. We were, we hours. probably sat and played for two or three hours in, in one straight shot. Yeah. It, yeah. Just so, so different. So it, it is with a heavy heart and much reluctance that I admit the new Saints Row is, is terrible. It's just, it's not what Saints Row is about. Yeah. Like, it started out as a GTA clone and it developed its own identity and this is kind of just like, it went more PC, it was less controversial, it had less ridiculous things and it was just, it, it also feels really archaic. It feels, it doesn't feel like a modern open world game. It doesn't feel like a PS5 game. It doesn't feel like a game from the PS3, to be honest, at times. Yeah. Like that, little things like, um, I mean, somebody shared this, like, I think as early as like the Grand Theft Auto games on PS2, you could rob a store, for example. Right. On this one, you could stick a gun in a clerk's face and they'll just stare at you. Right. Don't do anything. Well, and it's, 
I didn't realize how empty and, and unlived in the world felt until we booted up Saints Row 4. I'm like, my God, this is a bustling city. There's people everywhere. There's cars, there's shops, there's yeah. towns, there's little neighborhoods. And this one is, oh, we're in a desert and there there might be a house. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know if you ever got far enough to unlock like one of the new moves you get for the wingsuit on Saint, the new no. Saints Row. No. But no. like apparently you can bounce off pedestrians. But there's never any pedestrians there to bounce off. Say that, yeah. So I'm like, why is that there? <laughs> um, another game that I bought that I've exceptionally disappointed in, and I'll, I'll explain why I bought it in a minute. But uh, for the first time in 21 years, I bought a Madden game. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I know. Madden 23? Not good. Really, genuinely not good. And I, th- I was thinking how, like, obviously I, w- I don't buy Madden games because in my brain, it's a football game. They're just adding a couple of new mechanics and updating the rosters every year. There is a ton of hate about this game online. A ton. And I just bought it because our, my group of friends back here, they're all into football and we're like, hey, it'd be really cool to just do a franchise together and, and everybody picks different teams and we'll play against each other and just kind of advance through the season. And it is fun. But the number of interceptions that are thrown in this game is absolutely unreal. An average quarterback over the course of a whole season will throw a few, maybe four interceptions. I throw four to five interceptions a quarter. There was one game I played with a buddy. Collectively, there were 25 interceptions. Like, it's just, it, it's an absolutely terrible game. But um, I bought Madden 23, and I'm not proud of it, but I will own it. And there's nothing Sorry else Sorry I to tuned say. out. You started talking about sports. Yeah, yeah, that's, you're not wrong. <laughs> trying to think i was looking at our facebook group to see what other games that i'd purchased but i think the media tab on it is broken because usually if you click on media it'll show all of the pictures that have been posted it shows all oh, of the pictures god knows what's god knows what's going on with facebook now right obviously so i work in marketing for a college right the college has a few different pages for different things on facebook and F- facebook has developed this new thing called the facebook pages experience where you have to swap between profiles to interact with every page oh. and it does my head in it does that on like, our page when I use my phone. I'll click into yeah. the, the factory seal page and it flips over. So sometimes I'll post and it'll go as factory sealed instead of me. Yeah. It's so irritating, man. But like, in the media tab. I've got, I've got my um, my photography page as well now. And sometimes people comment on that and then it swaps back to that. And then I have to swap back into my personal profile. And I'm like, what is going on? So in the it media does. tab here, I can see pictures from today through yesterday. And then it jumps to... January 2019. Everything in the middle is missing. I mean, who knows, man? Who knows? Honestly, who knows? I, I spend most of my professional career wrestling with Facebook because they've changed some setting or like, for example, I don't know if anybody knows, like Facebook has scheduling software called Meta Business Suite, but it also has another piece of scheduling software called Creator Studio. They both do exactly the same thing, but also don't do the same thing. Yeah. It's like, why do you have two? Makes no, I, it makes absolutely no sense. Um, one other big shout out I want to give uh, is to Santos Lopez. He helped me 
complete a couple of really, really cool collections over the course of this summer um, by very generously just sending me some games. He sent me um, a Final Fantasy one or final fantasy wonder swan i need to repair it but he just sent me that console so now i have three wonder swans but he also sent me my missing copies of final fantasy 7 and 7 international japanese so now i've got the japanese collections of final fantasy but then he also sent me a virtual boy I need to repair repair a couple of the capacitors and oh, one of the lens. There it is. There it is behind yeah, you. It's right, it's right, right there. So this is where I sit for all of my work meetings. And the thing that drives me absolutely bananas is when people use that blur, like to blur out their background. It looks so cheap and cheesy. It's like just sit in like an, an engaging room with some decorations or something behind you. This setup behind me garners questions every single time. And it just it, it's a great conversation starter because you never know who's into video games. I'll get the most obscure people. It's like, I wouldn't even expect you to know what a video game is. And they're like, oh, is that a Super Nintendo? And they're like, what's the one above that? And then I'll grab it and show them like, I didn't know it was different in Japan. And like, it just helps break that ice. But more people have asked about that virtual boy. They're like, what is that? So what you see in my solitary picture on the wall, if I ever work from home, isn't ideal. Like, why is that picture crooked? well you see here it started with blurry photos and now my new niche is crooked photos (laughs) so yes uh santos thank you thank you thank you so much um i know that i've bought a ton of stuff over the course of this summer i just i was going to look through the the media tab here to kind of recap that but it's been an it's been an interesting summer for me um just in terms of getting settled in and some upheaval stuff happening in in life. I just haven't really had the time or capacity to dedicate to gaming that I normally have, but things are shifting. So, which is why Dan put out his very strangely worded message (laughs) yesterday that gave the impression that somebody died. Uh, There's maybe a strong chance I did it completely on purpose. Oh, of course. (laughs) But I think that we're now in a position where um, I would really like to see us getting back to every couple weeks. I would like that too. It's, because it's good to get back. In the, it's hard to get back in the saddle, particularly when you've got a friend who always shoots the horse before it gets to you. But yeah, well, you know, that you know, the, shoot, the horse ain't going to shoot itself. Exactly. But yeah, I was, I was just kind of like recapping things going on. It's like, there's just something, there's something missing. And I've pegged it as the show like i'm just like that has become a staple of what we do for 10 years it's like when you just take that away it's like oh you miss it oh i'm sad that was quite good actually that's so sad it's okay um ellie has really taken an interest in wanting to start like recording gameplay so we're gonna do something where she teaches me how to play minecraft in survival mode and we're going to make a, a video series or stream about that. And I don't think she knows what she's in for. I, as somebody who streamed with you before, yes, she does not know. Oh, it's going to be fun. Hilarity doesn't you. It's going to be fun. So um, I'll probably be posting that. She'll she'll be so jacked up if people watch it or leave a comment on it. So um, 
I love I love how that's a thing for the youth of today. Like they want to be famous as YouTubers. I have squashed that instantly. It's like that is cool if it happens, but that is not going to be your life plan. No. I will I will curate it. I'll let you explore that. But that is not going to be your goal. No, it's like it's like um a local college near me actually now runs an esports course. Yeah, that's huge in the schools around here. Huge. Yeah. And I get it because esports, if you think about esports, everybody is like, oh, well, you're just playing video games at school. Yes, that's true. But that's only like six to 10 people are actually part of the esports playing team. If you look at esports as a whole, Think about all the other stuff that goes into it. You need video production, audio production. Um, you need somebody to manage the social media aspect of it. You need, there's a bunch of stuff that goes into it. And it it's a huge team. It's uh, something where everybody can feel included in something. And I get it. I think esports is a great addition to a school if it's done properly. But I think that by putting it within a, a K-12 market, it can be kind of limiting with what you can play. It's like, okay, well... Some of the biggest games out there right now are Fortnite and Warzone for competitive gaming. Oh, guns and shooting can't do that at school. So what does that leave us? How about Rocket League? <laughs> you know, um, I was thinking kind of, I completely forgot to even talk about this. So at at work, like um, basically in the UK, they're launching a new type of qualification you can get at um, college called a T-level, right? And the government is throwing loads of money at this and... At my college, they are launching a new T-level in, I think it's like digital design or something like that. So okay. all to do with computing and IT. So in because we got all this money, they decided to make a new digital suite at the college. And I don't even know how this happened, but one day I came up to have a look at the room before I got fitted out, and I ended up designing the room. That's awesome. So it's kind of like basically a gaming cave now, and it is amazing. That's awesome. I'm going to send you a link to the video that I had produced, which I made actually for this. Well, it's always uh, better when you get to spend other people's money designing something. I know, it's brilliant. It's so good. But what it's got, so it's got top of the line gaming PCs in there. It's got like, I got um, graphics made of different pixelated gaming characters to go on the walls. I um, It's got drones. It's got Oculus Rift headsets. It's got, um, I even got like red LED lights to go along these, the ceiling and things like that. That's awesome. I'm kind it's of in so the process cool, of doing that in my basement. So I've got that big storage room that's like 600 square feet of just unfinished space. And uh, I've got a buddy coming over tomorrow. We're going to start planning out the electrical, but I'm going to finish that out. And that's going to be, I'm, I'm making a gaming bar. So it's going to be like a retro gaming area. And I'm going to have an actual wet bar in there. And it's going to be a, kind of a cool place to hang out. Because that's that's where I go and play video games right now. Because it's the furthest away in the house so I can just be a lot obnoxious and loud and yell down there and not have to get the shh text. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I look forward to visiting you at some point because that sounds brilliant. Yes, we need to plan something for next summer. I was thinking we were, obviously we we're going to try to have you come over in October, but I think things just kind of fell apart with that. But I definitely think you and Tom should come over during the summer and just experience Wisconsin summer and go out on the river and. Do all that fun stuff. Throwing grenades into the water. That yeah, that's, I mean, it's just fishing. 
Dan, should we talk about our game of the the week last slash last two months? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the last time I played it, but it's yeah. Here we go again. Another <laughs> not great game. Thanks, Eric. Well done. I didn't choose. Did I choose this? I think you did. Yeah. I think we collectively chose it. Uh, anyway, whatever. We played the 2006 classic Lost Planet Extreme Condition. We did. I played the Xbox 360 version. I played the, I assume it's the Xbox 360 version, which is on Game Pass. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not on Game Pass. I had to buy it. Oh, you're right. It's on PlayStation Now's subscription service for free. So, uh, quick synopsis takes place on a fictional planet known as EDN, um, where conditions have eroded to the point where humans can no longer live there due to, uh, or, or I'm sorry, Earth has degraded. So they're reaching out into the cosmos for a new planet to live on. And they come across this Earth-like planet that's in the middle of a gigantic ice age. So um, Probably not go, the best choice, really. What's that? Probably not the best choice. Right. And they discover that it is populated by a bunch of bugs called the Acrid. And they need to spend time terraforming this planet. Um, the humans have, have lost a 150-year war to these bugs. So you play as, I think his name is Wayne. Great name for character, by the way, Wayne. Um, you're a snow pirate and you have to basically undermine this political organization to regain control of the planet and help colonize it by so destroying it's kind of all, all about this stuff called thermal energy is the main thing Tang, Tang, which is a excreted from the remains of the acrid. And this is also simultaneously the coolest and most annoying mechanic of the entire game. Your guy is constantly cold. And if you just (laughs) stand there, you lose body temperature and die. But it also heard of a Snuggie, man. He could have got a Snuggie and then he'd be fine. It's just, it's a blanket with sleeves. Yeah. It's like no, no need for teaing if you've got a Snuggie. Yeah. <laughs> come on man like what, what flipping idiot think listen you built interstellar vehicular devices you couldn't have packed a snuggie <laughs> maybe they skipped the snuggie they didn't invent it before they left. you couldn't have sent a message back to war-torn decaying earth hey when you get a second fire a couple snuggies towards EDN it's cold here. Have you not seen the secret ending where somebody just comes out and like, it's just like, have you not heard of a court? <laughs> you bunch of idiots. <laughs> Tiang, what you want to park it, son? Listen, start a fire. Here's some hand warmers. Put some gloves on. Ain't hard, guys. <laughs> and... And then he's, he basically goes on a bit and then he basically says, why are you trying to colonize a planet which is in the middle of an ice age? There's another planet over there. Beautiful. Just like Earth. You just go a, over there, man. Just a little closer to the sun. 
Like, honestly, go over there and then if you get a bit chilly, invent the Snooky, then you'll be happy. Yeah, yeah I mean, oh, yes, oh. I need a moment here. I just learned that Mega Man's in this game. Well, it is a Capcom game, so I'm not surprised. What? Where is Mega Man in this game? I don't know. I just, I was looking up the characters and I saw Mega Man. <laughs> I wonder if you can unlock something. How to unlock for the PC version, PS3. To unlock him, you need to play 100 battles in multiplayer mode. <gasps> this game has a multiplayer mode? Yeah, I think they shut that server down a long time oh. ago. In single-player mode, these characters can only be selected during the mission selection by selecting a mission while holding down square and triangle. See, with Lost Planet, right, Eric? I remember when this was first coming out, there was a lot of hype behind it. Yeah. And it kind of, loads of people thought it looked really good and kind of, I suppose it is a bit of a novel concept with the thermal energy stuff. And But my friend, it has not aged well. It has not. It has aged like a fine turd. So the the controls for it, oh boy, I just what, had a... No longer smelly but crumbly. I mean, it's close to being petrified. So the controls for <laughs> it, it, it is a third person shooter where the default controls are quite possibly the worst shooter controls I've ever experienced. So obviously left stick is is move, right stick is shoot, but... It's set up in such a fashion where when you move the right stick a little bit, your cursor just kind of moves around in the screen until you hit a certain threshold around the outside and then it moves your screen. So if you want to like quickly move to the right to shoot somebody and then or like readjust your aim and then look back, you have to push it all the way to the right to move the screen and then bring the cursor back to the center. Oh my god, is that why it's bad? Like he he told me that it was bad and made me change my settings before I started, so I haven't experienced this. But that sounds atrocious. It's so bad. I I was act, I didn't realize you could change the settings right away because I don't go into the settings. I just play the game, and I told myself if I'm not able to change this, I'm not playing it. There's no way I was going to put ten hours into this game mm. with those shit controls. But anyway, like you said, with the Tang, you kill bugs and these red orbs pop out of their body and they replenish your I believe, I believe humans also poo it out and they die as well uh they do that they do um so if humans have got it in then why do they need it because it's their, it's their life essence maybe you're taking what's remaining of their tiang tang 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 like taking that orange tang. that orange uh powder drink that you mix into <laughs> the water got some tang <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm trying to remember that it's been a while so i apologize if this isn't going to be as thorough of a recapping but i'm trying to remember some of the the particulars of the characters in the story all i remember is that it is the most god-awful generic story and just the absolute worst characters i saw the plot I, twist coming from 10 miles away i believe wins father gets murdered murdered Yes, uh, and then he he goes father and father. goes off to, and then he gets he got I believe he gets amnesia and uh, and gets picked up by some snow pirates 
Isn't there some guy named Bandero? I'm going to be honest, everyone. I haven't played this for about a month, so I don't. One of the one of the cooler aspects of it, though, too, is you do get to get into those. um, What are the what are the robots called? The Uh, mechs? No, they've got a really unique name. Uh... Anyway, it it plays vital suits. There you go. Thank you. Vital suits. Those are really cool because you can pick up different weapons. Like you can find a gigantic minigun and you can either use it yourself or you can walk over to one of these vital suits and attach it to the vital suit so you can have a vital suit with a minigun on one shoulder and a rocket launcher on the other and if that dies or you run out of ammo you can get out take that gun off put a different one on that you find the vital suit aspect of the game was my favorite aspect and there's a ton of there's a ton of really cool boss battles in this game i really enjoyed every aspect of the boss battles because they were all different they were all unique um very strategy focused and really high action, but the game is set out in mission fashion where you come back to a central hub and it's like, oh, okay, I need you to go turn that light switch on or I need you to go blow up that container. And then you just go out and do that and come back. My problem with the bosses in particular is this game's dodging system is shocking. It has a dodging system? Apparently, yes, you have to crouch... And then you have to press, I think, B to do a dodge roll. So can you remember the first boss? It's like kind of, it's like a big, it's a big bug, which is like a wheel and it goes around like in a circular room. Can you remember that one? Yes. Uh, so you fight that and it rolls towards you, and but you can't move out the way at time because you have to literally, if you see it coming towards you, you have to crouch, which takes too long. And then you have to press B to do the dodge roll. Jesus. So I just got knocked to and fro, it nearly died about eight times, and uh, just kept having to uh, replenish my ting. So I did not beat this game. I got to the final boss, and I spent two weeks trying to beat it. I physically could not beat it. If you search up Lost Planet Final Boss, it is just... Post after post after post after post of people going, how the fuck do you beat this? And so you you take one of these vital suits and you can now fly with it. And you're flying around this gigantic open area against another guy who's in a flying vital suit. His attacks are so devastatingly powerful compared to what you are capable of doing that if you even remotely get close and you don't time your dodges perfectly... You're dead. But the game is broken to the point where um, if you get his health all the way to zero, I had his health to zero probably three times and still physically would not allow me to beat him because you have to get up close, supposedly, and do a melee attack on him up close. But by that point, all of your health is expended and he's doing all of these instant hit kills in his final form that you just physically can't get close to him. I got so fed up with it. It's like, I've beaten this game. I just can't beat the boss. It's Mm. ridiculously difficult. Yeah. I didn't get that far. Don't bother. (laughs) Seriously. Don't bother. Yeah. I just, I, I think I had this when it first came out and I, I, cause I've definitely played it before. Um, 
I remember being underwhelmed then. And again, I'm underwhelmed now. Apparently the series doesn't get any better. Really? Yeah. Do you remember the character Rick? He looked like he, he was straight out of Final Fantasy X Besaid. Look him up. Rick Lost Planet. Here, I'll send you the picture right here. This guy. Oh, yes. <laughs> he looks like he's he... got sausages attached to his bandana. <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy guy. Yeah, it's just it's all it's all painfully generic and it's it's very it's, generic. And I was disappointed it's like, because it's that era of Capcom where they didn't find their way. Um but this came out what, oh six? Yeah, this is oh six. So it's not that far before uh binary domain, and binary domain was stellar. Oh, I love that binary domain. Hmm? I love Binary Domain. That was a great game. Yeah, it was one of the few really, really good ones we've played recently. But yeah, you're right. Capcom just kind of like was throwing a bunch of shit at the wall and be like, hey, what's going to stick? Yeah, and I feel like their storytelling has got better over the years, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. I want to look up and see how Lost Planet 2 did. I, th- I think they've always sold pretty well, but they're just kind of... Six out of ten. I don't think they ever... Six it, it out of two, ten. It got two sequels, didn't it? There's Lost Planet 3 as well. Right. I have all of them. Oh, wow. It took four years for the Lost Planet 2 to come out. Lost Planet 3 was... When the hell did that game come out? 2013. Damn. Like they get averages about like six out of ten. Kinda. Yeah, it falls into that painfully generic category. It's not awful. But it's also not something that I would run out and be like, yeah, go play this. It's great. It's fun. Good time. It's inoffensive. Right. It's just kind of there. It it didn't inspire me to want to get back to it. No. And I think a lot of that had to do with just the piss poor mechanics of it. Yeah, it just it just hasn't aged well, which it's true of a lot of games, but there are games older than this which I could play and they fine. So Rogue Galaxy. What sorry? Rogue Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna go boot that up in a minute. Don't. It's such a slippery slope. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I can't. It's don't. Yeah, don't do that. Um, Sticking with cyberpunk. So I will, at the risk of beating a dead horse here, just say hard pass on this. This game's bad. Shit. Shit. (laughs) No hearty pip pips today, people. No. Plus, I also think, and this, this is kind of the downside of us taking these extended hiatuses, is that we play these games with the intent of it only being two weeks till our next show. And then if it keeps getting pushed, like the specifics and particulars of the game just start to fade. So apologies. Particularly when it's painfully generic like this one. I think even if we'd played it last week, I think we'd struggle to talk about this one because it's so. Yeah, I think think the best thing about this game is the fact that it is now we have now developed a thing called Tang. Tang. Did you guys have Tang over there? Like, no. We've got Tango. No, 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 no. This stuff is not good. 
I'll send you a picture of it. It's not good. It's not good. Basically, you take this orange cocaine looking powder and mix it into water and it makes your teeth hurt. <laughs> I see. We probably had something similar. But- Let's take that there orange and we're going to squeeze the juice out of it. And then instead of drinking the juice, we're going to turn the juice into powder. And then you're going to take that powder and you're going to mix it back into water to make orange juice. Orange? Orange. Orange. Orange juice. Yeah, uh, we've got Tango, which is basically an, a carbonated orange drink. Gah. How about, uh, is that Fanta? Yeah, we've got Fanta as well. Oh. Do you want a Fanta? I wouldn't mind one. Mm-hmm. All right, well, whatever. Do we have any questions about this game? How am I going to find that, man? It was about six years ago. Let's see. Lost Planet. Hey, there it is. It's still pinned. Got it. It wasn't pinned, was it? I don't know. What's the biggest rage quit you've ever had playing a game? That's from Jordan Lawfrey. I imagine it's probably some of the shite we've played over the years. I know exactly what mine is. And it has to do with Final Fantasy VIII. Okay. So I was... It's just a weekend. I was playing game. I was playing Final Fantasy VIII all day, just doing your, your standard level grind. But I was on the island closest to heaven and island closest to hell, and just kind of bouncing back and forth between the two, where you could farm the the T Rex. And I was pretty cocky, and I wasn't saving at all. And I had probably played for three or four hours, just level grinding, and came across a T Rex, and I could like got hit, and I didn't realize I was out of just healing potions or uh, healing spells. Just shit was going le- going downhill left and right. And then it wouldn't let me run away. Just physically wouldn't let me run away. And uh, got killed and lost four hours of progress of just level grinding. Oh my God. Went, I'm done. And I think I set it down for quite a while after that. Hmm. There's been quite a few times that's happened to me in RPGs throughout the years, but I think probably... In terms of actually just having to step away from the console, um, Dark Souls, anything in that kind of series, particularly Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, like that game did my head in. The game's terrible, that's why. It's not terrible, it's good. You just gotta learn it. Uh, Listen, listen to who you're talking to. You gotta learn it. Don't tell me what to do with my brain. (laughs) No, only the rabbit inside, it gets that privilege. It just gets shot and turned into pie. And then gets processed into the smelliest, noxious odor you have ever smelled in your life. Some yes. days I could still smell it. But it has created an a, a everlasting, eternal bond between us. Mm. Much as the same way as I did, I blocked your toilet. Yes. See, that's what <laughs> friendships are made out of. Yeah. Farts and clogged toilets. Hesley, have you guys... I'm sorry, did you answer your, the question? Yes, I did. Oh, I forgot what you said. Uh, I had to listen. <laughs> Hesley Hattie, have you guys seen this? The <laughs> GPD Win 4. It looks like what if Sony made a PSP 2? My question is, with everyone still waiting on their Steam Deck, wouldn't the tech be obsolete by the time they got it in their hands? Um, that's I been think a, it's tech actually, gets obsolete straight away, though, doesn't it, as soon as it's out? It's actually a really interesting conversation right now because it seems like 
there's been this huge resurgence in handheld gaming. And Sony was really ahead of the time with the PSP and then the PS Vita. They just never got fully adopted because Nintendo was just dominating the market. But now that Nintendo has kind of stepped out of the handheld gaming market, yeah, they still have the Switch Lite, but the Switch is still marketed as a home console. You have um, all of these other companies coming out making these handheld consoles like the Steam Deck, which is fantastic. Um, I think Sony is is missing the mark by not staying in the handheld game. Yeah, they're going in all in on VR too, though, aren't they? Oh, I'm so excited for that. Huh? I'm so excited for that. It's going to be so expensive, though. I think it's probably going to be in the four to five hundred range. Yeah, it's going to be a late adoption for me, I think. Speaking of handhelds, I am getting, I'm now within my receiving window of my analog pocket, which I ordered in December of last year. Oh my God. I know, I know. Imagine paying $500 for something and be like, eh, maybe you'll get it in a year. That's you on a weekly basis, isn't it? Not, not anymore. <laughs> um, they haven't sent any updates out about it, but... I, I'm in the Q4 2022 window, so very, very excited about that. I got to play Zach's at MoCon, and it's the most beautiful screen I've ever played a handheld game on. Are you going to get one, Dan? Uh, what, the Steam Deck? No, the oh, Analog the Pocket. Nah. Come on. Nah. Uh, I don't think we have any other questions, but please feel free. We've gotten quite a number of people joining us on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash factory sealed podcast. We also if have you a disc- are there lurking. Please do say hi. We also have a discord. I have no idea how to share that out, but join the Facebook group or. I don't. How can we share the discord out? Uh, I think if you. Collar Tom in a store while he's browsing the cream section. He will tell you its mysteries. That's how you can get on there. Or just hit one of us up on uh, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you can find us. We're not particularly difficult people to find. So I'm just checking out the box art for Doom 3, Eric. It looks like it's going to be a difficult one to Photoshop your head into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You struggled with the Lost Planet one. I did, but I, I stepped my gear up. <laughs> He had to. Let me have a gant. Oh, I spelled doom wrong. One too many O's in there. Yeah, have fun with that one. Oh, I will. I will. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't have anything else for this week, Dan. Uh, I just wanted again to apologize for the extended hiatus. It is my intention that we can kind of get back into the saddle even if the horse is dead i would very much like to it's it's kind of sometimes life just gets in the way and you've got to take a step back refocus but but this is it's just kind of the podcast for us is kind of just a thing we do where we just we said this time and time again it's just us shooting the shit we don't really expect anything from it right so the fact that anybody listens to it this absolute dross to be honest still amazes me (laughs) well i promise we'll get we'll get uh tombo on here um at some point i know that that i bet we could convince 
Zach to join us for Scorn if we start talking about Scorn. that for side quest. Yeah, that's fine with me, sir. I look forward to filling my pants with all of the Dundee cake from Scorn. Thank you for and Doom Three. It's not going to be a good month in the Curtis household. Not going to lie, it's going to be coming down the stairs. It's going to be on the walls. It's not going to be a good time. It's time to send Crystal out for her annual trip for toilet paper. This episode of Factory Sealed is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors, with an extra special thank you to Zach Foley, Santos Lopez, Samuel Chun, Miles Prower, John Weaver, Jordan Lawfrey, Stephanie, Richard Cutress, Jason McGill, Colin Neblo, Dalton Suter, Juliet Breslin Romano, Gus Robin, Elliot Hughes, Aaron Lanning, Brandon Meyer, Hesley Hattie, Cheaper Gamer, Cody Halverson, Robert True, Julian Santuki, J.H., Thomas Roderick, and Kevin Loth. 